Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Film Fund podcast. I'm your host, founder and executive producer at the Film Fund, Thomas Verity. I'm also an award-winning filmmaker, producer, and film festival judge. I started the Film Fund to give filmmakers an easier alternative way to get their films funded. Instead of working on a screenplay, crowdfunding campaign, or grant application, you write one sentence pitching your film for a chance to receive up to $10,000 and other prizes to make it. Our, what is it? Uh, What season are we in? Winter? Fall? I don't know. I always forget what to call these contests. Anyway, our let's call it let's call it fall. Fall fall twenty two narrative and documentary funding contests are open. So check us out at thefilmfund.co to enter your one sentence pitch for a chance to receive up to ten thousand dollars to make your film. I want to remind listeners that contests do happen regularly. So if you're listening to this at a later date, check out the website at thefilmfund.co for the most up to date information. Today, we have Alexander Russell on the show. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. Seems pretty straightforward. I asked him about his first name, but forgot to ask about the last name. Alex, did I say that? Or Alexander, did I say that right? Yes, you did. Cool. <laughs> Thanks so much for coming uh, on the show today. Alexander is a filmmaker who is a previous winner of the Film Fund. He won our um, Adobe three-month subscription to Adobe Creative Cloud uh, a little while ago over you know the pandemic has kind of slowed down our progress a little bit um but we are super excited to have him on the show and talk about his project um alexander thank you so much for coming can you tell us a little bit about yourself thank you so much for having me yes happy to uh so i live in brooklyn been in new york for about five years now uh i moved here for my job in finance and i have a bit of a varied background i did finance and environmental science for college. And I did a master's degree in political and economic theory. So um, I have a, I guess, a pretty wide variety of interests for better or worse. And I found myself not liking my first finance job and, and was looking to do something else. That's when I discovered Kava. Um, have you ever heard of Kava with a K? It's the Pacific Islands beverage. No, I know Kava, like the fast casual Mediterranean restaurant. Yes, it's always that or uh, another cava with the C, the Spanish sparkling wine. Oh, okay. Um, so this cava with the K, K-A-V-A, is the name of a plant from the Pacific Islands. Okay. Um, and its roots are harvested to make a beverage of the same name. And the cava beverage relaxes you without making you drunk or inebriated. So think of it like the opposite of coffee. You're energized when you drink coffee. You're not high. You're not drunk. You're mm. still clear thinking. Cava is just, you're relaxed. So- when I was in a tough part of my life, not really knowing what I wanted to do, not liking my finance job like I thought I would, I discovered Kava at a Kava bar in Texas and was pretty blown away by the effects. Um, sort of the Zen-like experience, I found I was able to focus on one task at hand, like reading a book instead of just flipping between apps on my phone. Mm. And I said, huh, my curiosity got the best of me, went to the Kava bars in New York, which you should definitely go to. I'll tell you something to go to. Um, and said, well, let me use some of my vacation time and do a trip to the Pacific Islands to learn about kava. Um, As a kid, I was into bird watching and chess, and I love, I guess, deep dives into like more niche areas, if you will. Um, I definitely was one of the few bird watchers on you as a kid. And I think (laughs) that same weirdness about me led me to go deep into kava. Mm. And I went to Fiji and Vanuatu. And most people know Fiji, few know Vanuatu. I and actually I was, just found out about Vanuatu the other day because oh. I was updating our uh, one of our forms on our website and I had to do the country list of all the countries and Vanuatu come, came up. I was like, what the hell is that? So <laughs> I, do, I do know. I don't know where it is, 
but I saw it on the list. Yeah, uh, absolutely. If people know it, it might be through something like that. It might be through Survivor. Okay. Uh, Survivor Vanuatu. I consider myself decently strong with geography, but I didn't really know of it. It was a challenge to get there. I had to go through Fiji, but this was pre-COVID in 2019, and I was blown away by kava there. Um, it, it was a better kava beverage, fresher, better effects. And Vanuatu is the home of kava. It's where the kava plant was first domesticated from the wild version of the plant. Hmm. There's actually one kava bar for every 50 people. So it really is sort of the social wow. beverage of choice instead of alcohol. And I was blown away. I said, well, wow, if other people saw this, they'd be pretty amazed with it. Is there an opportunity to bring the world-class kava experience from the Pacific Islands to America? Because right now in America, it's sort of a mediocre experience. Think of it like, you know, do you want instant coffee in a can or do you want sort of third wave artisanal single origin coffee, right? We want, I, I said, okay, there's an opportunity to bring a high quality kava experience to America. But then I quickly learned kava is so deep and uh, that's where I got into the media side. Um, if you want to bring a world-class kava experience to America, you need to bring the Pacific perspective with it. You can't just bring kava in isolation and I felt again with that curiosity, there was no professional grade kava media um, like there is for wine or for coffee. And there was an opportunity to, if you're building a kava company, start with learning as much as you can about kava and letting these fascinating yet hidden or underappreciated kava stories um, be shared with uh, an American audience. That's so interesting. Definitely covered a lot there. So you started out in finance, didn't really love your finance job. Um, you just happened to find a, a kava bar in Texas, and then you just got super interested in it, went and um, traveled and found a better experience. And then, did, so are you saying you started a, a kava company? That's right. And that's awesome. I was able to, oh, thanks. Yeah, I was able to raise some outside funding, and that let me go in full time in uh, 2019. And I've been building the company since. And the media has been core of our story. Um, we haven't even launched the product yet. It's been a lot of food science and supply chain work. There are kava beverages you can buy on the market that are really subpar and don't really do kava for kava. Mm -hmm. They're just taking a kava extract and calling it something else. Kava is to the Pacific Islands like wine is to the Mediterranean. It's so diverse and rich. And we wanted to be the first for a lot of things with kava, like first fresh imports of uh, kava, first uh, fresh kava beverage that's tasty and shelf stable, and, and first kava media, um, really to go deep and not just do, you know, a lot of startups, right? It's move fast and break things. But with kava, mm -hmm. it's move slow and be intentional uh, because we've seen other people try to move fast with kava to make a quick buck, but mm -hmm. it's actually endangered the industry. Um, it's worsen the reputation of kava um we want to do something and that's where my i guess my environmental science background came in right is let's do this in a sustainable way and part of that story is the storytelling and so i started and this is what i submitted to the film fund we did a trip to hawaii in 2021 kava is in hawaii vanuatu fiji we started with hawaii this is during covid it was the easiest to go to hawaii we spent months of pre-production, getting to know Hawaiians um, who are quite protective of their culture mm -hmm. and really want to get to know you before they work with you. 
And then we went to three islands with a, a film team from New York and some local talent in Hawaii and basically spoke to all the Kava people we could um, to, you know, our, our company is called Nothing Special, right? So Kava is special. We're nothing special. We are mm -hmm. really just letting these Kava stories speak for themselves. You don't have to do any fancy filmmaking, um, really just direct cinema and chronicling of these individuals, Kava experts, practitioners, farmers, let them share the wisdom of Kava um, because it's already right there. We just got to get it to people in the States. That's so interesting. I had honestly, so your pitch is compelling. Obviously, you're one of the winners, um, but I had no idea we would be talking about like, would you call yourself a startup? Yeah, it's it's funny because like I, I might be like, I'm an entrepreneur, but I have a lot of criticism about capitalism okay. and technology. Um, so we're trying to do our startup in a different way. And, you know, the, the investor would say, look, just sell as much Kava product as you can. Mm -hmm. right? But to me, that's not honoring Kava. That's not, you know, I've built these relationships in the Pacific Islands over the past few years. And we want to do Kava justice, both for the people in the Pacific Islands, but also for the American consumer to create the best quality product out there. Uh, one company I look up to is Harmless Harvest, for example. Um, they have a, a pretty rigorous uh, set of supply chain standards to ensure folks uh, are paid right and treated right. And then mm -hmm. you actually have a better quality product for it. So both the producers sort of supplier side benefits and the American consumer benefits. We want to do the same thing with Kava. Um, so it's every startup is different. I think ours is definitely sort of a novel one within the Kava space. This is absolutely fascinating. I mean, obviously, I might not talk about it too much on this podcast because I focus on filmmaking, but obviously, I'm an entrepreneur. I started the film fund, and I'm super interested in startups and uh, you know, just people and, and marketing and you know, brands. And this is just super exciting. Like, obviously, you mentioned Kava in your pitch, um, but I had, I didn't know there was a whole company associated with it. That's so cool. Um, Wow. Very cool. And so how long have you been working on this now? I know you said it, but just uh, uh, yeah. a lot. <laughs> Since 2019, it's been a long time coming. Um, we've done two Kava media trips. Uh, again, we really want that media to lead so people can learn about Kava and what it truly is. Because if you Google Kava today, you're going to get a lot of misinformation. Mm -hmm. if, you go to a, if you go to a gas station, you might see sketchy Kava supplements being sold. Interesting. It's, again, not it's not doing Kava justice. So to me, Kava is fascinating. It's really interesting. So I love going to the Pacific. I love meeting these people. And we've learned so much beyond just the Kava. We've, uh, we've learned sort of this Pacific perspective, this wisdom, this way of life that I think could benefit a lot of Americans, which is not just about sort of relentless personal optimization um, and sort of this individualism, but a very communal... Um, way of living focused on camaraderie this is what kava facilitates it literally brings people together around the kava bowl mm. around the tanoa um so we've learned so much from these trips and it's an adventure right because no one has ever made this media about kava um the hawaii one was an adventure and then and then we went to new caledonia which now do you know new caledonia i would be impressed if you knew new caledonia <laughs> no I, too. I i can't say i know that one yeah, so New Caledonia is a French territory in the Pacific Islands. Um, it's northeast of Australia, and they don't grow kava there. Kava, the kava plant can't grow there, 
but they import kava and there's a bunch of kava bars. So we thought after Hawaii, where it was a very, um, the trip involved a lot of kava culture, a lot of kava history. They grow kava. You know, one of the kava practitioners we spoke to said in Hawaii, you can't just look at kava in isolation. Kava is fully intertwined with Hawaiian culture. And we tried to approach it that way with our media. Uh, we had a set of short films come out of it, which I can speak to. But in New Caledonia, it was a bit different because New Caledonia doesn't have the kava history. It's more of a commercial history of kava. You know, and this is what's interesting, too, is kava is not monolithic. There's so much variation from country to country and even island to island within regions. So Hawaii, the kava practices differ between islands or even parts of islands. And same at New Caledonia being different from Hawaii. So uh, it was more about the kava bars themselves and how people enjoy kava there um, to relax after work, similar to what people in America could potentially benefit from. Mm -hmm. I am very interested in this. Um, it's very, very cool. Um, I can't wait to hear more about your company and, and the, the media that's coming out of it specifically. So this film you pitched um, for the, we're to the film fund that won. Um, I have the pitch sentence in front of me. Can I read it or do you want to keep that a secret until you release the film? Uh, why don't we keep it a secret? Because okay. <laughs> the, oh, one of the secrets that I'll say now is we're not doing a long form film as originally pitched. We've, we've pivoted to a set of short films. So okay. the sentence doesn't apply in the same way anymore. Gotcha. Um, it's totally fine. We, Projects evolve. Yeah, exactly. And we felt kind of like what I was saying is it doesn't make sense to try to bring all these different mini Kava stories together in the one because they are somewhat distinct. So we mm -hmm. like the idea of a short film series. So that's what we've worked on for Hawaii and New Caledonia. Um, you know, five to 20 minute short films focused on one particular Kava story. For example, in Hawaii, when we were on the big island, we met with Ed Johnston, who is um, one of the big three, quote unquote, of the Hawaiian Kava Renaissance or Ava as it's called in Hawaii. Kava is called hmm. Ava in Hawaii. Uh, Ed Johnston, Genesis Leloy, Uncle Jerry, or Jerry Kananui, uh, they really brought Kava out from post-colonial neglect where it was frowned upon uh, and they were part of the Hawaiian, the general Hawaiian renaissance of culture uh, and, and Kava was part of that. So we interviewed Ed at his nursery where he maintains all 13 specific cultivars of Kava Wow. We also spoke with Kava practitioners, um, Kava exporters there. It was a big gathering of Kava folks. Um, so we had a short film all about that day. Um, and then and we these had are all documentary films. Yeah. So we, we'd like to think of them like that. Yeah. It's, you know, I, and I don't come from a filmmaking background, so mm -hmm. I am learn. I've really been learning as I go. I guess I'm the executive producer, um, I have brought on people who had experience that I lacked. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, basically educational documentary films, really trying to let the Kava ethos and philosophy shine through. So we don't have to do special effects. You know, we're really just trying to um, let the Kava stories speak for themselves. Great. And um, if you, if you listen to the podcast or if you read our blogs or our educational content on learn which is uh what our blog used to be called now it's repurposed to be more of an encyclopedia uh if you will um it's called the learn the filmfund.co slash learn l-e-a-r-n to read that content uh you know on our tips on storytelling and producing uh you know i'm a big fan of conflict 
for for starting a story. And you said something that is very evocative of conflict. You said that um, it's or it was frowned upon. Um, that it seems like that it seems like it has a very rich history, um, and maybe it's a little bit controversial. Why um, why is it frowned upon, or why was it frowned upon in that culture? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, when Europeans came to the Pacific Islands, they uh, generally disregarded kava. Uh, they said, you know, it's just bad tasting drink. It can make you crazy. Um, you know, they would basically punish people or forbid ca- uh, kava drinking. And then subsequently they brought alcohol and that led mm. to its own set of issues. Now, is, did, they, did they discourage it because they realized it was something the locals had control over? Exactly. You know, it represented mm. local culture. So, you know, Hawaiian, le- the Hawaiian language was discouraged. Kaba mm-hmm. drinking was discouraged. Hula was discouraged. And the Hawaiian Renaissance, you know, and we learned all this fascinating history, particularly about Hawaii. I think a lot of continental Americans don't understand the um, depth of Hawaiian history and how fraught it is. Um, you know, people see, oh, Hawaii, it's vacation. Cool. Like, fire dancing, but it's a lot more complex than that. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's been this Hawaiian Renaissance um, celebrating native Hawaiian culture starting in the seventies. And it continues through this day. Kava is part of that. There's a lot of interesting quotes about Kava in Hawaii. One of them is, you know, when a man drinks alcohol, he becomes a beast. When he, you know, when he drinks Kava, he's a still man. Or, you know, when I drink alcohol, I, yell at my kids when I drink kava, I read to my kids. Um, so we we learned a lot about how kava was important to native Hawaiian reclaiming of culture. And that's a lot of uh, what our films cover. That is so cool. I'm I'm learning so much today on this episode. <laughs> it's so we can talk when, forever. The kava rabbit is very uh, deep and that yeah. and that's why I'm so passionate about it. I can tell um, I think it has it's, it's interesting because it doesn't have a lot of airtime or attention, mm-hmm. partially because of these claims of kava causing liver damage that came out in the 90s and early 2000s, mm-hmm. which we know were generally due to um, sketchy extracts of the kava root or bad like starting the gas material. Like uh, supplement kind of stuff. Yeah, exactly. But if you look at kava, which is the true traditional kava, which is safe, the water extracted kava beverage, that deserves so much more airtime and attention because it, it it's so fascinating. It's so helpful. Um, it's a, the real deal. Unlike some of these other sort of snake oily ingredients out there mm-hmm. that have no cultural history of use. Fascinating. Um, so, and you said you don't come from a filmmaking background. So you're one of our few guests who, I mean, we definitely have filmmakers on the show who are new in their career. Um, you know, they're, they're beginning filmmakers, they're learning the ropes. Um, but I think it's interesting that you don't come from a filmmaking background at all. You, you kind of, um, got into this realm through, I guess, marketing and, and advertising through, through your entrepreneurship, right? That's right. That's so right. what, um, I guess as a founder, um, I guess what drew you to storytelling for this brand? Mm-hmm. Really just trying to go deep on Kava. And to really be a thought leader with Kava. And and personally too, I, I don't know how some founders like it's easy. I think it's easy to make money. Um, you know, just sell something addictive. Um, but what are you really doing for the world? Right. And I come from a place, I think my masters really helped me think of it differently. 
after business school, you know, capitalism should be a tool that we use to better the human condition. We shouldn't just be subservient to the free market mm-hmm. and follow that dogma because look at look to where it leads us. You know, teenage girls are addicted to Instagram and depressed. Uh, yeah. Facebook is causing election discord, et cetera. So coming from a position of, wait, how can my company actually be impactful? And you know, you know, something I can stand before God with. Um, part of that means let's do Kava the right way and, and not just hawk Kava products um, to people who have no idea what Kava is, have no idea of where its context is from. Let's do something that we're proud of and that we can, um, that people in the Pacific can stand behind, that people in America love. That was the impetus for the storytelling. And it's sort of mm-hmm. a no-brainer too. That's sort of the philosophical roots of it. I think about Kava deeply. I try to all the time. And again, I find it so fascinating. So it's easy. But there's also just the fact that there's low-hanging fruit. There is no fascinating Kava media. Just, mm-hmm. you know, there's tons of cannabis media and, and wine media and coffee media. And those are very interesting plants in their own right. But Kava is also interesting. And there's this disconnect where it's so interesting, yet there's nothing... There's no professional grade storytelling about it. So mm-hmm. it was an opportunity, a natural opportunity for us to lead the way there. Definitely makes sense to me. I mean, as a founder, um, I, with the film fund, I mean, I set out to solve a problem. Uh, I was looking for funding for my own short film in college, Son of Blackbeard. And I realized how difficult it is to raise funding for a short film. You have grants, you have screenwriting contests, you have crowdfunding, um, and they're all you know, viable and they're all, they all have their pros and cons, but I wanted something a lot simpler. And so I was in an entrepreneurship program. I was tasked with, you know, creating at least a concept for a company. And, uh, I was like, I want to create something. My professor, actually, we had him on a previous episode. We haven't released it yet. Joshua Eric, he encouraged me to like pursue something I'm passionate about. Um, you know, start a company that what he said, I don't know if he coined this or not, but he said, scratch your own itch. Um, you know, to me that meant to create something meaningful create something that's meaningful to myself. Um, and, you know, luckily it was meaningful after doing market research and talking to other filmmakers, it was meaningful to a lot of them as well. And here we are. But yeah, I mean, I would agree with you in this, the, in your views on capitalism, like I'm not, uh, there's a reason why I'm not working in investment banking, um, or, you know, any other areas of, of finance that I don't necessarily see as, uh, you know, changing the world or anything like that. I mean, that's extreme, but, um, you know, I, I definitely think it's more and it's more fun too when you're working on something you actually care about and you're you're like emotionally invested in. Um, it's, it's just more fun and you get to tell those stories. Um, mm-hmm. Like it's not to say you can't make a story about a window factory interesting. Um, I, I've definitely done that at a previous job where I had to produce uh, a series of videos about a window company. But, um, you know, when you're working on something that actually you really give a damn about and is interesting. Um, it just makes the process so much more fun too. Um, and you know, making money is also nice, uh, because if you're passionate about something, you're, you're going to be more successful about it. At least that's how I feel. Definitely. And and that's the thing too, is like, I try not to go to, as I say, like kumbaya, right? (laughs) Right. Yeah. It's it's, always about uh, balance. We're saving the world. And you see that with other startups and, and even in, in media, right? Where it's like, this documentary is going to do this, this and that. And, and it can be impactful, but you know, we don't want to be like some of these other startups where it's like, we're selling, you know, desk space and we're somehow elevating human consciousness. And, <laughs> you know, let's focus on what we can, a- where we can actually make an impact. And for us, it's if you drink kava, 
you cannot be on, you, you actually don't feel the need to check Instagram or be on your phone for looking for that next digital dopamine hit. You can sort yep. of escape the metaverse and read a book and cook dinner. So just an hour of your day be, um, out of the metaverse because of Kava multiplied by a few million people. That that to me is all the impact uh, that I, you know, that, that we're happy making. Um, one of the, you know, looking at, um, and yeah, with the media, it's just showing and not telling with Kava, right? Mm. So, um, it's that's less another one of storytelling show. Don't tell. That's right. So I think so many brands, it's, we're trying to concoct something out of nothing. We're trying to sell you this miscellaneous ingredient. We're telling you, you know, that's the nature of capitalism. It's like telling you, you need this. There's something wrong with you. Um, we're just showing you with Kava how it can be an additive, a benefit to your life. No problem if you don't have it, but it's this thing that helps a lot of people. Uh, we find it really interesting and we think you might enjoy it too. And how close are you guys to, um, you know, I was about to apologize for like getting off topic of filmmaking, but it's not off topic at all because <laughs> right. like filmmaking is entrepreneurship and filmmaking like we have so many articles on that learn page I was talking about about marketing yourself as a filmmaker. So it's all related. So, so I'm, I'm rescinding the apology that I said in my head, even though I didn't even say it out loud. But anyway, um, how close to, I guess, bringing it to market are you? Yeah, we're launching next year. Um, we have our media already ready. We made a Kava table book, a uh, 160 page book on Kava in Hawaii with a bunch of articles along oh, yeah. with those films on Kava in Hawaii. We are doing the same thing for New Caledonia. So inspired by Drift Magazine, which covers coffee in different parts of the world. Okay. We're Very doing cool. Kava in Hawaii, New Caledonia. So that media is going to launch in tandem with the beverage next year. Awesome. I cannot wait. Uh, please keep us posted on when it's ready because I want to try some. And I, I should have asked this earlier, but what does it taste like? What's the consistency like? Could you describe the beverage? Very novel. Yeah. And I, I would say definitely go to a Cabo Bar in New York for sort of the baseline experience. Okay. Um, it's bitter. It's earthy. It actually numbs your mouth. The Cava lactones, the active ingredients that make you feel the relaxing effects, numb your mouth. Um, people don't really drink Cava for the taste. They drink it for the effects. That said, we've tried to, our best to make the kava taste a little more palatable for the American consumer. Mm -hmm. So you'll have notes of ginger, chai, a few others uh, with our product. I love ginger. I love chai. I'm I'm looking forward to it. Literally, I'm in Philly. Um, New York's not too far, but I just Googled. <laughs> while you're talking, I Googled kava bars. Uh, now I'm on Yelp looking at the closest and best kava bars to me. There's probably some already. in Philly. Yeah. Um, I'll have to look through this later. That's that's so exciting. Um, so the the films um, and the, the project that you used the Adobe software for, um, what's the current status of that? Mm -hmm. So we have a few of the films from Hawaii. We are hoping to get some more funding for the company for those films. Mm -hmm. um, I wish I could spend more money on it, but we have to be um, conscious of our spend. Sure. As every for every company or startup or film right so uh, it was expensive to go out there and make it and we have some great short films from hawaii we have the kava table book from hawaii and then from new caledonia we have a couple of the english language films and now we're working on the french language films because they speak french in new caledonia so that's an extra challenge to translate um we also have that kava table book coming from new caledonia too very cool and so I mean, I guess you might say 
just learning what to do is probably the biggest challenge, but uh, some of the major challenges in that filmmaking process for you, what would you say they were? Mm. Yeah, for me, I mean, we just went, we didn't, <laughs> I, I hired some New York based folks, directors, cameramen. Um, we worked with audio talent locally in Hawaii and then new Caledonia. We did a leaner team, uh, just me and my photographer, a good college friend, and then two French new Caledonians on the mm. ground. Um, for me, it was, well, I learned quickly that filmmaking is a lot more complicated than you realize. I have yeah. a ton of respect for filmmakers. Um, the logistics alone are a nightmare. Um, I guess the challenge is always just how do you tell the story in the most authentic way? I also learned that it's easy to manipulate stories. And that's why I almost get a little, you have to be critical of the media you di you digest, right? Because they're people that can frame stories in ways that are different than how they're intended to be framed. So mm -hmm. that's something that th with great, you know, with great power comes great responsibility. Right. And I think it's true in filmmaking. So the challenge has always been, these are complex Kava stories. Um, they're interesting. How do we get that across the best way possible? And that's why you saw us with that pivot from, Oh, do we do a feature length documentary film? No, let's do some short films instead. That's why we did the Kava table book as well. We took mm -hmm. articles submitted from other people. So how do you share the story in the best way possible to me is the, the biggest challenge of all. And in sharing that story, I'm going to segue into my next question. How will you be releasing the films? Are you going to submit them to film festivals? That was the thinking, you know, we are trying and we'll continue to try. There's a few grants that allow the films to get on PBS. And we think, Oh, very cool. This is a natural fit. Um, there's some Pacific Island content, uh, through that is shared via those grants on PBS. So we, we think Cobb is a natural fit. Um, otherwise we have a separate media website. Um, we want the media to be independent. You know, I almost thought of like, well, let's make a whole separate company for the media because we really don't want the media to just be hawking beverages. Mm. Um, the media can stand alone, just like there's media on coffee and wine alone. And that is interesting and great and valuable. So we're going to have the films on a separate website, nothing special presents.com. And we're also going to sell the Kava table books on there as well. Awesome. I just love everything about this. I can't wait to, like follow your journey um and see just the, the distribution of the film you know is it going to go to pbs is it going to go to festivals it's obviously going to be shared on the website i would assume at some point um so yeah i mean this is this is great um this is like one of the best examples of a documentary project like mixed with brand storytelling i can think of it just it seems like there's such a good community and and genuine um culture around this product that you're launching um which is so important and i just it just lends itself so naturally to storytelling and what you're doing i think it's awesome like my applause to you my friend this is this is very very cool um how did you find us i probably was googling film funding new york city <laughs> so your <laughs> cool. seo is good the film yes. fund thank you um, i used to wake up uh, when i was doing it part-time when i was still working uh, at a day job running the film fund i would wake up at 5 a.m and do keyword research on semrush and then just write blogs around long-form blog content around film funding so <laughs> it means a lot that our seo is working 
Definitely. No, I'm grateful for it. Um, you know, it's been, it's an arduous process to get funding. So I appreciated your contrarian approach, write a sentence to get funding. Um, very innovative in the space because, uh, yeah, it, it can be a ton of work and they don't get a ton out of it for some of these grant applications. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've definitely been there. So, uh, thank you for your kind words. It, I appreciate it. It means a lot. What, um, what advice would you give someone, uh, maybe just starting out in filmmaking? Yeah, I think like it is with startups and I sometimes find myself getting into analysis paralysis or being scared of launch and, you know, there's always a, there's always trade-offs, right? But I do think err on the side of action, um, do as much homework as you can, especially in pre-production, right? Um, but sometimes you just got to get out there and then the story will, at least with our sort of work we did, which is documentary style, interfacing with real people. Um, sometimes you just got to get out there um, and the story will come from there and, and organically. Mm-hmm. Um, so err on the side of action. And to me, it's it also comes down to relationship building. Um, again, in good conscience, how can you misportray someone, right? Like, I just don't understand how people can do that sometimes. Um, I think the real story is always the more fascinating story anyway. And then if you really get to earn people's trust um, and understand where they're coming from and their unique context, and they're going to open up to you in ways where they wouldn't have otherwise, if you just came in saying, hey, we, we have a story to tell and we want you to fit into that story and it becomes very obvious, right? So um, err on the side of action Yes, but also balance it with real relationship building, do the work pre-production. Um, and if you strike the right balance, you can have some great output. Great advice. And just a question I thought of for maybe the technically minded in our audience. Do you know what uh, kind of cameras you shot on? Uh, I might butcher the exact type. It was Sony FS7s, I think. Okay, cool. And then yeah, we, we, had a- shot, uh, we shot on FS7s for one of our... Um, so our branded sister company um, is called FF Branded, where we do our, our corporate work through. And we I shot on FS7s earlier this year for uh, a three-camera shoot. They're, it's a good camera. I love the DP I work with a lot. He loves Sony and the color space. And um, I love shooting on them. They're great cameras. We had a red, um, one of our cameramen and, and directors in New Caledonia had a red camera, which was pretty cool. Yeah, those um, are sick. They were like the first... Um, at least what I understand to be like the first affordable, like cinema grade camera. I mean, affordable is all relative, right? Like a whole rig is costing, you know, at least $10,000 in, in back then. Um, but like, I remember, you know, red was like the coolest thing to shoot on and they're, they're still great cameras. Um, but like that, when I was starting out in filmmaking, I thought red was like, not to bash red at all, but I was like, Oh, you're shooting on red. That's so cool. Cause it was just like, it was, I don't know. It was just, they, their marketing was so good. I guess, and just like the word of mouth spread. Um, so yeah, no, red's great. I mean, we shot we shot on red for another one of our FF branded shoots, uh, Particle Health. We were using the DP was using a red. Um, I forget which one, but yeah, great camera. Sony red. I'm a big fan. I haven't. I've never shot shot on. I'm gonna butcher the name of this. It's either I've heard both pronounced Ari or Ari. Um, I know that's a very popular cinema camera as well. Um, so I will have to keep an eye out for them. But Alexander, this is so fascinating. Um, 
you know, you were my my next question was a plug for the film fund, but you already listed your favorite things about it and how you think it's innovative. So thank you for that. My last question for you: What is next for you in the next year or so? Yeah. So you know, as I mentioned, getting our product out there, getting our media out there, that'll be exciting next year. Uh, and then specifically with the media, we're going to do another trip. The idea is to do a trip every year to the Pacific Islands to cover a different. Kava region and share the unique media of that region. So we're thinking Vanuatu or Fiji next. Uh, we kind of have some reps under our belt now. We have some best practices, um, but it is an adventure every time. So excited for the next one. Very cool. I can't wait to continue or start, I guess, uh, following you on your journey. It's so exciting. Um, Alexander, I want to thank you again for taking the time to speak with me today. Uh, do you have social media channels we can check out either you or your company on? Sure. You can follow our media, nothing special presents on Instagram or nothing special presents.com to watch the films and order the magazine. Sweet. We will definitely add that to the show notes as well and tag you guys when we release the episode. I want to thank all of the listeners for tuning into the podcast and remind you that our fall narrative and documentary contests are open. So check out thefilmfund.co to submit your entry. And I want to remind you to check our social media channels at The Film Fund on Instagram, Simply Film Fund on Twitter, Facebook.com slash Film Fund Co. And The Film Fund on LinkedIn, if you want to do your whole corporate thing. Uh, remind you, I want to remind you to check the website regularly for the most up-to-date information. Check out our blog at blog.thefilmfund.co for great filmmaking and producing tips. Sign up for our newsletter, email newsletter, not a physical newsletter. And uh, follow us on social to stay up to date on what's happening at the Film Fund. If you are like Alexander and you didn't really come from a really strong filmmaking background, you might need to know what to do. Um, you might need to learn what to do. Sorry, too much coffee today. Uh, check out our ebook on the resources page of our website. That's thefilmfund.co slash resources. We have the ultimate guide to pre-production. You can download that for free if you need to learn how to schedule your shoot, crew up your shoot. Um, you know, write a screenplay, all of that stuff that goes into pre-production. Like Alexander said, the logistics can get kind of complicated. So we have some tips on how to best manage that. I want to thank everyone again for listening. Tune in roughly every other Friday for new episodes. Alexander, do you have anything else you'd like to add before we wrap up? No, uh, ch thank you. This was great. I mean, I wish I had a look at that ultimate pre-production guide. That sounds fantastic. I'll look at it. <laughs> yeah, check it and, out. Uh, Let me know what you think. All right, Alexander, you. have a great rest of your day. Thanks, everybody. Talk to everyone soon.